Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III. We are continuing our Mandalorian recaps with some news in addition. Um, I'm here with my buddies, Jay Christie and Jerome Chang. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be back, as always. Uh, great episode of the Mandalorian. You know, happy to talk. Yeah, absolutely. And one Jerome Chang is back. Jerome, how are you? It's such a different room here. Apparently, there's like a whole new look at Iron Man three since I was last on this podcast. This is uh, this is no, no, this is not okay. Okay, well, no, I'm happy to see you guys. I'm happy to talk some Mando. Just a big stick that you're poking the bear with. <laughs> oh, oh man! Shout out to Amino Hassan for giving us some What's great up? stuff last Can I get week. Mando. Uh, oh, you need Mando? Mando. Thank you. <laughs> and speaking of Mando. Uh, chapter 14, The Tragedy, written by John Favreau, directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez. Man, it's insane that they, insane that just like, oh, one of the most cel- like celebrated directors of his generation. Let's just get him to direct episode five oh, of this season. When, when I saw the credits, I was like, what the fuck? Like, that was actually maybe the biggest reveal for me. I was like, Robert Rodriguez did this? That is so dope. Um, listen, guys, I. You know, after the Ahsoka episode, which was heavy in the mythos, heavy in the canon, usually you expect a little bit of a come down, a little bit of a, not filler per se, but transition. This was not that. This was 33 minutes of There was no load management. I mean, jeez, goodness gracious. Um, Obviously, I want to start off this way. Specifically, let's do some character analysis. Um, we get the return of not only Fennec from season one. We thought she was dead. She was left for dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boba Fett, who re- who officially returns in this in this episode, uh, saved her back in season one. And she's working for him. They show up together on the planet Tython as uh, Mando has taken Grogu to the uh, Jedi Seeing Stone. So Grogu is getting all getting his uh, meditation on. He's getting his he's getting the good vibes. Nothing but vibes for for Grogu as he continues his uh, ascent to whether it's being a Jedi or maybe something else. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Boba Fett, it's funny because we when we talked about him at the beginning of this, it was one of those things where we looked at him as kind of a character that's highly regarded in Star Wars lore, but kind of seemed like overrated because we didn't really see him do much in both uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And then seemingly at the time, we saw his end in The Return of the Jedi as he fell into the Sarlacc pit. So he shows up in this episode and he proceeds to have really one of the most physical uh, episodes from a a fight scene standpoint that I've probably ever seen in Star Wars. It's Mm -hmm. really just, like, he's bashing guys. He's beating the crap out of guys. Um, there's nods to westerns with him shooting the, shooting one of the ships and then saying that he missed and then the ship bump, uh, explodes into the other ship. It was really a showcase of Boba Fett and all his talents and it validates all of this talk that's been going on, uh, this entire time jerome since you have since you weren't here last week i'll start with you <laughs> how did you feel about boba fett coming in and just kicking ass all over the place oh it was dope um i think it was i mean when it comes to say like i wouldn't say it's on that level but when it comes to say vader right like vader in the original trilogy absolute badass one of the greatest villains ever i think a lot of people will argue that his reputation was hurt a bit from his handling within the prequels. And then Rogue One happens, and you're like, fuck yeah. And I feel like that Rogue One moment, it kind of reminds you what happens here with Boba Fett, where you're just like, oh, he's that dude. And um, no, it, it was it was super cool. Uh, I love the buildup to the suit itself. You just see him without anything, to your point, uh, using a club. I thought... The coolest hand weapons in this galaxy were going to be lightsabers, but apparently just give me giant mallets and clubs to knock people out. I think that is the new direction that we should go with Star Wars in general right now, just smacking heads 
all over the place. Um, but then uh, we get, you know, like you said, uh, Thanksgiving Boba Fett showing up. It's uh, feeling a little tight around the suit, but hasn't lost his touch. Um, and it's cool. Like, I, I think also you get to see between him and Mando um, just the difference in their armors. Like, it just feels like Matt, um, Boba Fett's is just so practical. It's kind of like a, it's worn clearly. But then there's all these little bits in there that just it's I don't know. Mandalorians just have all the coolest tricks. I guess, like, the Mandalorians are essentially, like, just all the collections of Tony Stark's various suits put together. And just every now and then there's a new surprise. Um, but, though, I, I like, I wouldn't say it is a redemption because there's nothing that, you know, ever suggested that Boba Fett was weak in any way. It's just that we, we get, didn't get to see much of Boba Fett in action. And now we finally got to. Uh, now I kind of wish I got to see him more in his prime. But uh, yeah, you know the 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 wizards Mando solid too. You know, really put up a good fifty spot. Shout out to Wash Boba Fett. We got a lot of Wash yeah. characters showing He's, up. It fits um, right oh in my demo. Just yeah. fits Wash right Boba in Fett. my demo. That's honestly that's where his energy is, man. But this he was the thing to it, and it's really something that's great about this series is that not only was the fighting style nothing you've seen in Star Wars, like the weapon, but it was just shot in a way that you've never seen in Star Wars. It was shot in a kinetic, like, almost... Like, there was no blood and gore, because obviously it's on Disney+, Plus, but it was shot in a way that, like, super bloody movies are shot. You know what I mean? Where, like, you're, the camera's almost like a, is basically tracking the weapon, and, like, it, it felt like a hardcore action movie um, in a way that, like, you... Even if... Like, obviously, what Boba Fett was doing is he's beating the shit out of these guys, and it was cool. But, like, it felt so engaging and engrossing, like, that you felt so in it that, like, you get you, – you after, like, the first swing of the club, you got why he was so special because it just felt different. It didn't feel like regular hand-to-hand combat. Um, and, yeah, I mean, also, I think that – what I realized when I was watching this is that when uh, obviously it's great because I know I've talked about this before that they they obviously can't get the guy who played Boba Fett initially in the original trilogy because he's like eighty, but they got Tamar Morrison who played uh, Jangle Fett and they I don't know if they did it on purpose but they cast him I think they must have cast him because they knew he wore a mask a lot and but he's done one of the coolest voices in the history of film yeah, like great his voice, voice is yeah fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And I know that well because he's the voice of the uh, Republic in the Star Wars Battlefront games. So, mm-hmm. like, even if it's even if the news is we lost the command post, sounds awesome, you know. Um, and but he, and he, I mean, he's existed in the Clone Wars cartoons. Like, yeah. he's gotten to have that presence anyway throughout. And then, of course, like he did, you know, uh, he was in Attack of Clones, but most of the time in the Jango Fett um, armor. But yeah, I, I love what you're saying, Jake, there. Uh, just, like, last bit before going to AC. I I just love him clubbing people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was... He just had that serious, like... Yes, the the washed body, like, serious dad bod. But, mm-hmm. like, just that old man strength. Oh, you know that one? Exactly, like, if you just... Yes. You, hit, you, you hit the rec center, and you're just like, oh, okay, easy yeah. money. I'm just going to drive by him. And then he knocks you on your ass while you're hitting the, getting into the paint. Like, Absolutely, that, yeah, exactly. That and then on the other side, he does he doesn't put up a single shot that doesn't put bank off the backboard. Just nothing. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like uh, pure bank shots. Hey, sorry, sorry, young blood. I don't need to use these fancy moves. Like, like every time uh, you saw Mando doing anything, he just like coming like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right here. Yo, shout out to the stormtroopers because it's it's just fun to watch them all just run into getting their asses kicked and getting killed. It's just great. Just so much. Nah, he was really taking bad in practice. Like it was like it was like he was. I remember he hit the one of them in the head so hard that you could see yeah. like the uh, the helmet crack and stuff. It, that was so that's cool. Why, I was just like, why, but like also like yeah. how messed up is that person? Like that's a dead ass. Yeah, like, trooper. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and also he's lucky that they started recruiting again because imagine how kind of emotionally scarring it would be to kill a bunch of stormtroopers and realize. Like, oh, oh like, yeah, all these like, people all your clothes. Like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God that they're never <laughs> But no, yeah, with the bit where you see like the bits of the mask that fly up, it's like that's what I was talking about with gore. Because like obviously Star Wars is, has no real gore and it's because, you know, 
And that's, I think, one of the main reasons that they have, like, stormtroopers is because they can have a lot of violence without breaking mm. things. But this was the first time where like, you ever really considered how much violence there was. There's because no usually, like, about it. Yeah, because usually there's a laser, and the laser hits the person, and they fall down. Or it's, like, a lightsaber, and it, like, is a clean cut. But this is, like, oh, this person just got, like, fucked up. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Like, concussion protocol. <laughs> you would... You would see that, and normally when they get hit, you might hear like a, uh, uh, like, they're not saying anything after that. They dead. Oh, it's a wrap. They dead, dead. <laughs> it's such a wrap. Um, yeah, he, he was absolutely amazing, and, you know, we'll get into more of him later, but, um, I think another central storyline, obviously, we point to Mando and Grogu. I thought one of the most, um, interesting things as in the beginning of the episode, uh, Mando's explaining to Grogu, like, hey, you know, we're going to do this for you, and then hopefully a Jedi will see you, and stuff like that. He, obviously, he sounds resigned to the fate that they're going to separate and the split is coming, and then now they're starting to tease it a little bit more. But I really love how Pedro Pascal played the almost like he's starting to feel like i know i well, have to do this but yeah, i don't really want to do this the i actually disagree with you that i don't think that he's resigned to it i think that he's doing something which i think that a lot of a lot of times when people criticize movies and tv they don't realize that this is what's going on although i think it's pretty clear like he's not saying any of this to grogu because like grogu barely understands english he's saying this to himself mm. like he is saying because he needs to tell himself that because he needs to say like we're, he needs to like say out loud like we're gonna drop you off because he yeah, is having trouble. Fair. He's giving he's himself his own pep talk. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I he needs to hear it because Grogu, you know, yeah, Grogu's gonna be upset when he leaves, but like there's no amount of talking to Grogu that Mando can do to make him happy. He's if you he place to, Grogu next to anything edible. I'm not sure that he's gonna realize that Mando that, was gone. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's there's now more of a give and take on the other side even though the uh the obvious attachment uh from grogu to mando and so it was pretty cool to see grogu at the uh seeing stone um all vibes nothing but vibes <laughs> as he's uh as he's as he's meditating and really probably gaining his powers as we see later in the episode That's what they don't tell you by uh, the way that the mandalore that the um, excuse me, midichlorian blood test is the original vibe check there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Right there. Right there. And um, yeah, I, I I, was bringing up this theory last week after I saw the episode. And, you know, as, as we get to the end there, Moff Gideon obviously plays such a huge part in not only destroying the Razor's Crest, but uh, sending some, some of the uh, dark troopers to get uh, Grogu and, man... Let me tell you that that scene was really fun when Moff Gideon walks in and Grogu is throwing around stormtroopers like uh, like they're nothing, and just the little taunting Giancarlo Esposito again, just a masterful performance um, in that particular role, and it feels like to me at least that there's gonna be there's gonna be a point, and maybe they maybe they don't do it, but. I feel like there's a decent chance it's possible that Grogu may may be going to the dark side. There's just mm -hmm. so many elements that the show has already teased. I mentioned last week about force choking Cara Dune in season one, and this seeing the force powers um, in kind of like a dark side element that he was using against the stormtroopers. What do you guys think about the potential of a Grogu turning to the dark side? Now I know with all the merch and all the, the I saw a Chia yeah. Pet Grogu commercial today. Yeah. It's just so much that they're making money mm -hmm. off of. But man, I would find that story really compelling if that happened. Uh, Jake, well, what do you think about a potential? I, I Maybe think, if he- Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I'm with you, I'm with you. I think that I don't think he's going to end up on the dark side and I'll, I really don't want him to because I think that that's like it's not that's just kind of like a subversion for subversion's sake you know at a certain point like you actually mm. want your heroes to win and if the only reason you want your the only reason you think it's good for the heroes to lose is subversion then you're writing too hard um but <laughs> I think that the only thing that makes the light side dark side dichotomy interesting in Star Wars is the fact that it is always up in the air of whether or not you'll be on the light side or the dark side and so I think that there needs to be some he needs to have some flirtation with the dark side, or at least some, there needs to be some chance 
that he can do things that are dark side adjacent, that he can do bad things. Because even if, and this is something that Amin might get mad at me for saying, but like, I'm actually a lot less, as a person who lives in the real world, the light side and the dark side are not very clearly defined things. And I think if I have any criticism of George Lucas's conception of Star Wars is that they are very clearly defined. Like, I, I think that I'm interested in seeing Grogu do things that are bad. Even if that doesn't mean that he ends up on the dark side, you know? And I think that that's something that the show has a lot of potential to do. Like, the Cara Dune choking thing. Like, that is a dark side force move, but that doesn't mean he's part of the dark side, you know? True. And just if you take that to a bigger extreme, um, like, an example in a movie that's bad is when Ray accidentally shoots force lightning. That's a that's a good example of something that is uh, dark side, but by a light side person. So stuff like that, I think, would be really fun, especially because he is a baby and doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, you know, honestly, I don't care what side he's on as long as he's making good sounds, like just nice mm. noises. Mm. That's the that I care about the most. <laughs> How about you, Juro? Um, if Grogu was a character that I was controlling in Knights of the Old Republic, definitely would go dark side, also would flirt with every non-playable character that it could. Um, but generally, I, I don't think... Grogu is going to go bad. I think you guys talked about it last week with Amin, and um, there were a lot of allusions to the Anakin story, right? You know, some, uh, a talented or high midichlorian uh, count person, but is developed, uh, is dangerous to suddenly start training as a Jedi. So I think there is that level there of, are we really trying to create another Vader story? Or are we going to show a little more of the nuance, kind of the way Jake was describing of, you know, struggling with it and ultimately ending up on the light side? Um, but I think the main reason above all things why I don't think it's going to happen is like my heart can't take if Mando and Grogu split apart like that. That can't happen. They have to be a buddy buddy cop Western situation where they're fighting everyone in the galaxy together. And every now and then Grogu might accidentally force choke someone, but we'll all just kind of wink at the camera and be like, Oh, Grogu. Exactly. And she didn't say it at the time, but like, you can just be in hindsight, like, you know what? It's like Gina Carano said some problematic things about vaccine. It's whatever. Like she, 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 she <laughs> you know, well, it's like choking. Yeah. Gro Grogu was actually just kind of trying to make a stronger point about, you know, Mm -hmm. This is what it could feel like if mm -hmm. you really are an anti-vaxxer. I, I think just oh. what you're feeling right there. <laughs> right. It's 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 more of a moral thing that Grogu mm -hmm. is doing. It's just like it's hard for me to explain because I don't speak your language, but allow me to exactly. help you really empathize. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I love you guys. You're the best. Um so so it's interesting when I think when I think about like overall the 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 direction Sorry to cut of you the off. show. Uh, everyone who has uh, just any comments on that, please leave your comments in the reviews. Thanks. <laughs> Great job, thanks. Um, honestly, I'm glad because that's the one place I won't see them. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man, I love you, Jerome. You're you're great, man. Um, the 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 tenor of this series for sure has absolutely has absolutely changed, and it's fun how the stakes keep getting ramped up with each episode. And Moff uh, Moff Gideon again, um, it, it he just fascinates me because I feel like there's just we've seen a decent amount of him so far and little bits and pieces but i feel like now we're gonna in the last two episodes we're gonna start to obviously see more as he kind of toys with grogu and then i'm sure they're gonna use this next episode to kind of see that story yeah for how much we've seen him thus far honestly over under seven days john carlos esposito is on set with everything from now and before over under, under. seven days on set under under i would yeah. say under as well because i was going to say that i think that they probably got a couple of those like trend the hologram like after this scene it's like hey do you want to come do the hologram for uh, episode three <laughs> um, I, I mean it's it's the convenience of having one costume like there's oh, just no change that's true. just like going the whole time yeah mm -hmm. hey, man it's so funny how he's completely just he's now just tv villain or just villain <laughs> in general and it's like good honestly i have no problem with it just yeah, yeah, yeah anything. Go that way. Um, <laughs> I, before you continue on, just because right. I forgot what you were mentioning, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, so ranking of handheld weapons now uh, for me goes number one, Boba Fett Club for sure. Number two, Dark Saber because that thing is. Whew. 
and then like lightsaber in like a pretty distant three because honestly the more we go through it lightsabers are kind of weak in my opinion yeah i mean even though it really depends on who's using it because i thought ahsoka was just killing it with the lightsabers huh that's fair that's fair in chapter, I, in chapter know, 13 you know what might, that's a dark horse pick that uh i just need to see more in action that spear that mando spear that they got oh, going right. on yeah yeah, yeah. I, like, if we if we see, you know, I mean, the way this show is going, I'm not sure what non-graphic way they're going to be able to impale Moff Gideon. But if they do that, <laughs> with like, I think that'd be pretty impressive. Maybe I mean, like it, a, is, it is a Chekhov spear, though. Like, they're, someone's getting yeah, they're showing it. It's a Chekhov spear. Yeah. Like, I think what it is there is, like, we start with the tiny ball of, like, Grogu, grab the ball. He's going to grab the spear, but along the way, the spear goes through Moff Gideon. And we're like, okay, there's a giant hole through. Because I think... If we're going to do a Giancarlo Esposito villain, he needs to have a gory ending, right? We've already blown it up in yeah, half. Sure. Sure. I think we need to impale him with a yeah. giant Mando spear um, that's pulled, force-pulled by Grogu in, the, honestly, the most precious ways. I mean, listen, Giancarlo Esposito is no stranger to a very graphic death on television. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something fun like that. Uh, shout out to Los Poyos Hermanos. Um, yeah, th- th- nonetheless, like, he is, yeah, he's something else. And even in such limited screen time, it's just he's such a foreboding presence, just such an ominous presence over the whole, uh, over the whole show. And with everything that's happening, with all of this, this alleged army that he's uh, creating, and all this other stuff, and just the, just the, the, the way that he was so amused by Grogu at the end there. Um, it's we really got a nice setup for for a couple of more fun things to come. Other things in this episode to mention, obviously, at towards the end, uh, Boba and Fennec you know, lend their services to Mando, so we're getting a little bit of a ragtag bunch of I, misfits. That reminds me. Of, um, I don't know if one of you guys retweeted it, but I saw a tweet in my timeline, which is uh, early, like last weekend, which was uh, the Mandalorian is a show about a guy who travels and can't help himself from making new friends. <laughs> well, that's really odd. I've not seen that. That's amazing. That's really odd. Yeah. That just like, that's oh great. man, shit. I've another an- another group of people who are indebted to me for life. Huh. Uh. He's so reluctant about it. <laughs> he really is all the time. And he's like, eh, our our deal is done. We all really need to come. And they're like, no, nah, we no, got no, no, you. No, we love to come. No, no, we just like yeah. We, motherfucker we, we had really no way of getting movie. off this planet, and he was about to be like, well, our deal's done. <laughs> this is the way um uh nonetheless but yeah like uh mando goes to to see cara dune and uh cara dune is a little bit hesitant at first of wanting to join mando because obviously they gotta they have to spring i forget bill burr's the name of bill burr's character um on the show but his character is uh someone it looks like we'll see because they're gonna spring him from the prison actually that was one of my favorite episodes of uh season one uh the the prison episode that was really fun so it'll be nice to see uh, see some of those characters again um so we got a little we got that we got that on deck and we have the obviously the grogu uh jedi moff gideon thing um will we see bo katan again because bo katan is after that dark saber um we got two episodes left and there's a lot to cover before we get there uh, Jerome, what, what would you like to see as we are heading down the stretch here? Um, it seems like ever since uh, Endgame, like it is a Disney requirement that you need to have an Avengers Assemble moment happening, and I think that's what we're about to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I be I, I think it's gonna be fun. I think for the most part, uh, th- we did not really get as deep obviously to the extent that we got with like a Cara Dune but um it's gonna be cool to see some of these characters come back and they definitely are I, I think even when we watched in the moment we knew this is not the last that we're gonna see them so I'm I didn't even know that I'm, I'm glad you answered that question for me because when I watched this episode and last one too and just seeing how it really to your point it really has kicked into hyperspeed just how we're moving with the plot how it's not a slow serialized uh, story each time, but we're actually kind of pushing toward an ending. It makes perfect sense where we're at right now that we're coming to our penultimate episode of the season uh, next yeah. episode. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, like, it's no surprise. Uh, definitely uh, bring them all together. Space Bill Burr, that's great. Uh, I love um, 
that Cara Dune doesn't want to, like, he's, she's just like, I just got this job. I'm really not trying to fuck this up. I'm still on, like, you know, probation right now. And they're just like, but, it, like, Grogu is captured. He's like, where do I sign? You know, like, it just, Grogu as, I, I think if you asked me to do anything, as long as you told me, like, this could help Grogu, I'd probably be just, yeah, like, let's do this right away, immediately. Like, um, I don't actually know my limit. That's what I'm scared of. I don't know what I won't do for Grogu at this point. Man, we got a Grogu moment coming. It's <laughs> it's, it's definitely coming. It's right at that last episode. We're going to see something for sure. Jake, how about you as we head down the stretch? Uh, yeah, I think I want to see... I want to have a clear idea. I don't need to know everything, but what um, the purpose of why Moff Gideon wants Grogu. Specifically, I am suspecting based on the way that Moff Gideon was talking to him and how Dr. Pershing had talked about him earlier, I suspect they might have different uh, goals in mind. Mm -hmm. I suspect possibly Moff Gideon wants to train, wants uh, Grogu to join the dark side, whereas uh, Dr. Pershing is concerned about getting, like, the midichlorians or whatever, whereas, like, in the actual child doesn't actually matter, you know? I think that there might be a divergence there. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be fun. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Dr. Pershing is, like, of all the characters in the show, the character I would say is going to die. I, I would bet a lot of money that uh, for some Moff Gideon is going to kill Dr. Pershing in one of the next yeah. episodes. Like, it's just, like, it just setting up <laughs> yeah, so perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so seems primed for it. Um, yeah. Because he needs the moment point. of, like, showing that this guy doesn't have any scruples. Uh, right. That he kills you know, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you raise a good point, Jake. It just seems whenever it comes to the Empire and the dark side— everyone's out for themselves every single time. Like, nobody is on the same page. And I think, you know what, just as a just a general managerial co corporate structure type situation, you need more synergy if you want to get this through. They failed how many times? They keep yes. on having that the same problem, weakness and though, that same Death Star. Yeah, the problem, though, is that when your ideology and your goal is about obtaining absolute power, like, that's kind I, of the problem. Yeah. Like that, that's it, what it, it is right it's, there. It's, it's an inherent flaw. You can't. The dark side. I mean, in Star Wars, it's different because the dark side and the light side are like actually like I said, clearly defined things. But there's a reason why in fiction, you know, people are like, oh, you can't, there's no honor among thieves. You can't. Uh, yeah. If if everyone's just right. out for themselves, they're gonna inevitably kill other people who are out for themselves. And it's like, oh wait, we work at the same job, but we're both out for ourselves. One of us has to die. Um. So yeah, Doctor Pershing's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> One Easter egg that I wanted to go over. Um, obviously, we saw uh, Boba Fett show his armor code to Mando. And obviously, I saw... When I, when I was looking, I didn't really see much. You know, you saw this little code thing flash on the screen or whatever. Apparently, uh, this is a character by the name of... The name shows up on in the code, Jaster Mareel, who is a uh, Mandalorian... A uh, figure who is uh, ends up being a part of the reason why there is the watch. So that is something to kind of watch going so, wait, forward wait, wait, because, wait. as we wait. know, so Mando Mandel is is not the name of a white tight end who plays for like Lake Forest or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> Anytime I hear a Star Wars name, I have to try to think of what college football player that is because, like, it really is like it's almost impossible not to find one. <laughs> <laughs> right man and um yeah that's the thing like so so Bo-Katan kind of filled this in for us um earlier in the season where she talked about how Mando's way of thinking is a part of like these uh, religious zealots and stuff like that and he's a part of the watch and that look may that may be something that we see at some point going forward that may pay off uh, if we ever get into the Bo-Katan not only getting the dark saber but wanting to rule the Mandalorians as she's intending to do. So that's something to watch going forward because this uh, Mareel character is a part of the books. So, you know, it remains to be seen whether we see him at all, but it, it, that's just something to note there. And I'm trying to think, is there anything, is there anything else from this episode that you guys felt was interesting to you or stood out that you wanted to um, shout out? I just wanted to round back to Jake's uh, description of the Empire, which is perfect um, in terms of just the promotion of individual greatness. I think you're mm -hmm. able to breed a lot of like top talent, but at the expense of, you know, the overall teamwork. So I think one way we can look at it is the Empire is basically AAU basketball. 
yeah. is what's going on here. Yeah. I think that that's a way to look yeah, at it. Um, the Empire is James Harden. Uh, <laughs> wait, what, what's that? good James Harden pun we can fit in here? That's oh, uh, too James late now. James Harden, um, yeah, I don't Boba know. Fett. Yeah, I mean, Boba. you know, he's a, you know he got a little you know he got a little big. You know, he's a little exactly. big out here, and there's nothing I, wrong with that. Uh, the the problem with James Harden, like, if, if they were to have James Harden, though, that they would, like, need to keep him exclusively on, like, the the most corporate planets. Because you go, you put him on Coruscant for one second. It's like he's going to be in the underbelly at whatever, like, just whatever strip Literally. club. It is just like he's going to fund the entire – actually, the underbelly, of Coruscant. Is, is James Harden the Timothy Oliphant to so much money. What? He just like is James Harden Timothy Oliphant like he just got to like be the sheriff of his own town for a while and like yeah yes, yes a little bit but also he makes the Timothy rules. Oliphant has what is it he's uh oh likable so right um, right right fair <laughs> enough I'm sorry I'm sorry name a good person at any who's as good at any sport as James Harden is who's less like <laughs> like it's just almost impossible like it's not it's also he's not he's a bad guy it's just like he has like I don't know uh. It's funny, in the Elder Scrolls games, there's a skill called personality, and mm-hmm. it's a skill. And I imagine that, like, he's James Harden as a zero. So it's like, yeah, it's, I don't get why, you know. He's pretty fun in those Foot Locker commercials. I'll give him that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't criticize his basketball game. It's just like, there's nothing I hate more, honestly, because I'm someone who didn't really play sports growing up. The thing I like about sports is, like, the personality and the narrative. And when there's, honestly, James Harden and Paul George are the most exemplar of, like, you're just the most boring like mm-hmm. I just have no interest in learning about U.S. people. People, anyway, mm-hmm. got it. I, I I just had to get that off my chest. I don't. I don't. For the level of talents, I see what you mean there. Um, but once again, we have derailed the conversation. A great episode of The Mandalorian is awesome. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, great yeah, episode. Fantastic. Um, I can't wait for uh, what's coming up next. And I think it's actually a benefit that they started really speeding up and ramping up things over the last two episodes because I think we have really set the stage for two quality maybe they can slow it down just a bit and just i feel yeah we're gonna definitely be left with some sort of cliffhanger going into the finale but uh it feels like this will be kind of like a two-parter you know really Mm -hmm. big closeout um i'm wondering how long these are going to be just because obviously it's unpredictable um with the lengths of the episodes i'm hoping for one of these we're getting close to an hour I know season finale last year was close to 50 minutes. Right. Um, I think we may get something along those lines. There was the Ahsoka episode was 47 minutes. So, right. you know, we'll see. But listen, the efficiency in this one was off the charts. They hit right. the notes. They got done what they needed to get done. And they got out of there and were ready for the final It's a credit to like the, how they set it up at the beginning of the season that they allow mm-hmm. themselves to like kind of knock everything down here, right? Yeah, like it, do- it, it doesn't feel like anything was too jarring. Nothing came out of en- like nowhere. So uh, it, it is a credit to the world. Building. And, and I think it's a very interesting choice to leave it very ambiguous as to what's happening with Grogu on the stone. Because like clearly he's going through something. But I think that they could have – I think some of the reason they're able to be so streamlined is because he's kind of just doing that in the background the whole time. And they're able to focus on what Mando and Boba and Fennec are doing. And we're going to learn later, I assume, what happened there. But it's not about, like, there's no big – I was kind of worried there would be a big exposition scene where, like, he talks to a Jedi and gets, like, a doubt. Mm. It's like, no, mm. they, none of that stuff. Like, because the show is from Mando's perspective. So yeah. but he'll we'll find out what happened with Grogu when Mando finds out. Uh, you actually raised a good point. I, f- I forgot to bring that one up because I was curious what you guys thought. Because when I watched the scene of Mando constantly trying to run through the force field or whatever, the energy shield, not shield, but that energy force that was around mm-hmm. um, Grogu and just yelling, like, I need to protect you. I think he's fine. I mean, up until yeah. the point that, like, yeah. up until the like point that it was all gone. You couldn't, like... At that point, I think just go shoot the other things because no one's getting through that, it seems like. Yeah, also, do you not know what a force field looks like? That's the thing. Whenever someone tries to run through a force field and, like, and it's like, I never, force fields aren't real in this world. But if I mm. saw a force field, I'm like, I can't get through there. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did have the little bit of the blunt, like, I'm just going to be ignorant and I think I can get through this thing. Even after the first time where he just got See, thrown I, like I, I 10 feet the back. First one. The first one was okay, but yeah. then he was just like, I'm just going to try harder. Like, what? Right. Yeah that, yeah, that didn't work out. We'll see if things work out better for Mando next time. And guys, we have news. We have plenty of news. 
Um, we'll get to the bigger item in a second, but actually I feel like this is a big item too. A couple weeks back, Jake and I discussed uh, what was happening with Wonder Woman coming out on HBO Max on Christmas. And we got the announcement the other day from Warner Brothers that in uh, in conjunction with HBO Max, they will be releasing their entire film slate in 2021. So we're talking about Godzilla versus Kong. We're talking about the Suicide Squad. We're talking about Dune. Just titles like that. And you know, it, it's this is the first sign due to the pandemic that theaters and uh, movie studios have decided to be like, yeah, you know, we got to do something here. We're there's only Whoa, so many no, delays. Just movie studios. Theaters did not say shit about that. Oh, theaters, true, true, true. I, yeah, true, theaters are like, no. Uh, no yeah. Theaters would love, I mean, obviously theaters yeah. would love to, to have yeah. their stuff um, in theaters for people to see, but right now people just not what going. Is, like, that's just the... The important thing to note though is they are going to be in theaters. It's just that they made it that they're going right. to come out the same day, which obviously no one's going to see it in theaters. But that's how like I think there's le- there's some legal issues that that they need to put them in theaters because they probably have contracts that say like it needs to play in theaters for a certain amount of time. Right, and um, they'll be on HBO Max for for 30 days um, after it, it, after their release, and most of the most people are happy about that because you know especially us as people who view a lot of different types of content, not just Marvel. Um, we'll see what happens with Disney's uh, investor meeting on Thursday. We may get some announcement of not only new projects, but what they may decide to do with their streaming service now that they, that we see this from Warner Brothers. But not everybody's happy about this situation. Uh, one, Christopher Nolan, who obviously is the uh, director of Tenet, which he really, 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 really pushed to get into movie yeah. theaters, and um, it didn't do so well. No. And he had a lot of choice yeah. words for HBO Max and Warner yeah. Brothers, and I'm going to just throw it to Jake. So um, I want to say so that, first and foremost, I just want to say, I actually am not happy about the HBO Max decision, because I'm happy to be able to see those movies, but... Ultimately, I would much rather not see those movies in 2021 and movie theaters still be around and doing well. Obviously, movie theaters are not going to be – like there is not – you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. They're going to keep like failing slowly, slowly. But I like movie theaters and I like – I'm, I'm genuinely worried about what happens when movies never go into theaters because then what becomes the difference between movies and TV and – or will there ever actually be like – will everything – be either a superhero movie or a miniseries is it's like i don't want to happen but that's like kind of feels like the fear if everything goes on streaming then why would you ever make a movie when you can just make the queen's gambit you know um but anyway chris nolan said a lot of things that i agree with almost wholeheartedly uh so let me first say that i agree with him when he talks about how um it really is a shitty thing to do to filmmakers where like you just announce without consult without telling them like that the movies that they made are not going to go into theaters um that and I also think that he's also kind of right to that. And this is also why I'm dubious that Disney's going to make any big decisions. Once again, they might. I might be an idiot. The egg might be on my face in two days, and that's fine. Um, because AT&T bought Warner Brothers, and it's clear that they want to move everything into HBO Max. They want everything to be streaming because they're AT&T and they're an internet company. And so I think that that is – it's important to keep in mind that that's part of their calculus, that it's – that if they're – if it's the same amount of dollars and some of them come from streaming and some come from movie theater, they would rather make that money in streaming because they are because they're gonna be making more money because like a third of the people who watch are gonna be using AT&T. Um, so there's that. But I also think that there's I think Chris Nolan is right when he says that like there's just no way that they're making a bet basically that in like six or seven years, they'll have a big enough subscriber race and they'll be able to raise the prices enough where they'll make a profit. Because the thing is, even if HBO Max doubles in size and amount of subscribers, they're still not going to be making as much money as they make if they put these in theaters. They just, they just can't be because it's like one person, you know, is paying like $12 a month for HBO Max, whereas like one person would pay $20 in a theater, plus they'd have to, they couldn't see it multiple times, yada, yada, yada. So I think that it feels like a very rash decision, and I don't really like it. But the more important thing for me is, Anyone in the world, any billion people in the world can say this. Christopher Nolan needs to shut the fuck up. Like he really just needs to stop because he 
it was incredibly how callous he was with yeah. Tenet about wanting it to be in theaters. We're like, I get he didn't want to go on HBO Max. Fine, push it back a year. But he was like, you know, we're safe to go into theaters. You can go into theaters and watch Tenet. You know, it needs to be enjoyed in a big theater experience. But, dude, I don't care. I love your movies, man. I love Chris Nolan. It's just like, I just don't understand. He, he seemed to be the most unaware person in the pandemic. And it actually, he never would say it in this way, obviously. But, like, all of his accidents suggested that he was like, he kind of was like, I think that you see my movie is more important than being safe. It's kind of just, and that's what his actions showed. Because you wouldn't push for Tenet to be released in theaters in July if you actually cared about people's safety. Because he basically was like, well, if it's if movie theaters are open, then, you know, people can go see Tenet. It's like, you don't need, you have to be an idiot if you think that the fact that like movie theaters were open in Florida meant that it was safe to see a movie there. Like don't be like that's so <laughs> ridiculous. And so now he and even now what he's his comments he's making, like I understand I agree with him with what he's saying that like clearly this move is actually not as not really about the pandemic, honestly. Like the fact that doing all of them, it is, but like wanting to move their movies to HBO Max is more about what they want to do in the future than anything. But I think that it's that his inability and so many people who are on his side. Their inability to realize, like, yes, but on the other hand, like, you, the, the choice can't be because basically Chris Nolan is saying that either they put it on HBO Max or they don't put it on HBO Max and they release it. It's like no, no, no. The choice has to be you hold it until theaters are open again and safe, or yeah. put it on HBO Max. Because if you, because even though I love movie theaters and I don't want these to go to HBO Max, if you're if you're telling me that, for example, the Suicide Squad has to come out on like May 10th or whatever. And it either can come out on HBO Max only or – I mean on HBO Max in the theaters or just theaters. Even though I want a movie like that to go out in theaters, I will say HBO Max because I'm not an idiot because even though I love movie theaters, I care much, 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 much more about the health of people. And so this – the way that he can't frame it as, yes, I get that there's actual concerns with movie theaters and we do need to wait. Like that – there's no wonder why people don't like – think that he's like a old man yelling at clouds because he really kind of sounds like it. Mm-hmm. By the way, Tenet, DTM All-Star, doing too much. I, just, I, I saw it on Sunday. I haven't Sunday. seen it, but I'll tell you this. Have, as someone who loves when Christopher Nolan does too much, I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's – that's, I guess that's just me and my sensibilities now. Um, yeah, it was just – yeah, it was like a little bit more than – I need it, I felt. And of course, um, shout out to Zach Harper, and he says it. Nolan got to edit some of these things, man. Some of these movies are too long. They could have cut 15 minutes off of that joint. That's 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 my take on that. Jerome, do you have anything to add? No, not really. Uh, Jake summed <laughs> it up perfectly. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm really well informed. I more or less just got the news right here mm-hmm. as to what's going on. Uh, Ultimately, in my mind, and this is coming from a person who has seen his work get directly affected by this pandemic, uh, working in sports, like health comes first. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's been consistently for almost a year now, the toughest pill to swallow, but we still have to continue doing it until we're all safe. Right. Absolutely. So finally, we have arrived at the news of the evening in the Marvel universe so spider-man 3 we've kind of been talking about being like oh you know they seem like they're hinting at some spider-verse things we get jamie fox and we heard about alfred molina a couple of weeks ago and dr strange showing up so there's all this stuff about spider-verse and we're saying yeah you know maybe it'll happen so we got the announcement today that it's official that alfred molina is not only uh join is joining the cast we also got info that everybody from the entire freaking Spider-Man universe um, apparently is going to be in this movie, which is just like, what? Uh, we're talking about Kirsten Dunst. We're talking about Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. Um, guys, what is happening? Jerome? Uh, okay. Um, first... Uh, AC might secretly be a Marvel exec because it sounds like they're just kind of writing his story for him. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Like, I I, th- <laughs> I don't think I'm capable of feeling AC's amount of joy, but I think he has so much joy about it that it has, like, just come to my end virtually that I feel, excited, like, equally excited. Um, the irony that this is our second, third Spider-Man, and the last one... A lot of people were worried about two villains. We can't do anything with two mm. villains. Uh-huh. 
and it was actually true. It was pretty poorly oh, held there were, together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There were three villains. Thank you very much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, there, but so like, uh, I just, you know, when they said that the like Avengers Infinity War was gonna be the what was it the most ambitious crossover? Ambitious crossover this, ever. This okay, might yeah. be even Jesus. crazier. Like, yeah. I don't understand at I all have... how this is going to work outside of like one situation where you know. Tom Holland walks into a room and everyone's just like, hey! And then, mm-hmm. like, that's it. Yeah. And he just gets to go on from there. <laughs> but it's... It, it's it's an absurd thought. Um, I am... I, I think the thing that kind of goes around which would either give me more confidence or make me a little worried about it is because it's Spider-Man and because it is a collaborative effort between Sony and Marvel... I just don't know how much of this is like the studio. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, like that's where it could get worrying. Cause that's essentially what happened with the last Spider-Man three. Um, I still, I mean, to date, there has been no reason why we shouldn't trust uh, the MCU and Marvel. So I'm going to go in very hopeful and excited about it. And I think for me, it's just going to be an enjoyable experience uh, to just see everyone. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but everyone and their mama. I mm-hmm. just it's ridiculous. Um so like on those fronts, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. I I just cannot fathom how exactly that's going to like work out. Uh I think Josiah in the background there is a great like that's what goes through my head every mm-hmm. time I see a new tweet. I'm just like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Like I just can't understand how this is <laughs> yeah. going to happen. I, um, go I, ahead, Jay. I, I I've been thinking because I, I think what you I think you touched on how the answer of how they're going to do it is I think that it's not going to be as simple as the like cameos, but I think that the parts are going to be smaller no. than people think. Like I yeah. think that this kind of still be like, oh man, how are they going to fit all these characters? It's like Doc Ock is not going to have twenty five minutes of screen time. Like it, it, it's <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but I think the reason why I trust them to do it well is because this isn't. This clearly is not just Sony's decision because what no. is one of the movies that's slated ahead of the new Spider Man movie? That's right, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So the the multiverse is being introduced in another movie, you know? So clearly this is all part of the plan. And honestly, you know what's something I'm wondering too? Is I wonder how much the get out from Alina and Kirsten Dunst back, you know, because who directed that trilogy of uh, Spider-Man movies? Sam Raimi, who yep. is directing, what is that? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You know, mm-hmm. just, it's all, I, I think it's that all there's, there's, there's some good stuff coming together. And, and I just I appreciate the ambition that they're having because it's kind of like how I, I think I, I feel in a lot of ways, especially with movies, um, is like when you're at the top of the heap, which the MCU movies are in terms of success, you're in my opinion doing yourself a disservice if you don't take swings that other people can't take. You, you mentioned and it's like, before, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, what's the point of being the most successful movie franchise if you're not gonna have heat checks? all the time and there's a heat check and i hope it works out for them and if it doesn't i trust them well enough to know that the movie's not gonna be bad so like that's the worst thing that could happen mm, but I mean, it, we can't it, have right. it right now because obviously we're in a pandemic but like speaking about heat checks when you're describing all these people coming together and like the combination of the greatest talents that is guaranteed to be huge like i wanted like a miami heatles type like big press conference everyone comes up on stage mm-hmm. they announce not just one billion two billion three billion four billion <laughs> five billion dollars it'll keep on going and mm-hmm. then we don't know if they're gonna face the dallas mavericks yeah that's true yeah oh no is the dallas mavericks at the dc universe and oh no <laughs> what is that is the is the flash jj Barea? a flash another movie that's uh gonna be testing dimensional uh situations but yeah it's it's i just like i was like what this is so much to kind of digest and think about but i mean if we can ask a couple questions ac just before you go into the details so first just like to break it down because you're definitely uh you've been our conduit to kind of reveal all the information on twitter and everything so one to ten uh your excitement level 
Um, it's an eleven. Uh, I okay. think this is. I think. It, I think it's. Yeah, it's the ambition, and it's like Jake mentioned, and I right. just think it's also the the planning. Uh, based off of what, and it continues to get me even more excited for WandaVision because I want to see how what she does in that show, how it changes everything to the point that we're allowed to have this kind of uh, movie come about and how this reverbs throughout the, the Marvel Universe going forward because it really has to take some type of planning. Now, I as a caveat... Okay, so follow-up question to that? Play, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. One to ten, your confidence level that they nail it. Ooh, I'd say I. You know what? I'm gonna go eight and a half. I'm gonna okay. go eight and a half. That um, I think that they can figure out a way to nail this, uh, uh nail this properly. It it's just like you said. You know, in terms of the whole Miami Heat style press <laughs> conference, I want to see the Miami Heat. Uh, LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade to LeBron James alley oop with the photo right we need that to happen and it might be I'm, just a combination of like, like a triple web and they're just like swinging around off each other at some point like that might be your move right there yeah that'd be fun and i think it, it raises a lot of questions for me about they're revealing uh you know a lot in terms of the cash right now but i think in terms of the of the villains like we have three spider-men and we have at least three to maybe four villains on deck. Um, I'm still out there saying that I I don't think I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is dead. I don't. Did I, they I lose think, Topher Grace's tricks. number? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! One day one day we do have to do the other Spider-Man three. Oh, just, new phone. Just uh, sorry, sorry, Topher. <laughs> you didn't. You know, we lost our contacts a few years ago. I we put on on Facebook to everyone who has our number to text us. I guess you must not have saw. Uh, sorry, Joe. Oh man, <laughs> oh, that Eddie Brock was a little rough to say the least. Um, but yeah, man, like I just feel like we're going to get something that we've obviously never seen before, but is going to be some something incredibly special. Uh, mm -hmm. It's pretty clear that they have had this plan an idea in their minds for a while as opposed to more than the whole studio thing that was mentioned before it seems like they were always looking to just go source material source material that's mm. been kind of kevin feige's uh, goal in this next phase now to be fair i thought dave dufour friend of the show brought up a fair point Far From Home ended, to me, in such a wonderful way. It was obviously such a good right. movie, but it ended yeah. so perfectly. So in the, in terms of the small contained stories that we saw with Spider-Man in the first two in the MCU, this is a different, this is just a different type of thing. So to kind of explain away, now maybe this explains away the whole identity thing, that's something that it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see going forward. But I would have liked to see, and maybe we still will, I don't know. I would have liked to see that story played out right. on its own mm -hmm. because of how well it was done. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. I also think, though, that you can have the other Spider-Man come in. Honestly, I'm imagining they'll come in as like mentors to him is how I'm imagining. Sure, yeah. And, I'm, and I'm I think that they can help him through that. Like, I, I think that it's... I think what's because because we don't know what level of roles these characters are going to have in it is the huge mm -hmm. thing. Like it's a really I think it's impossible to I think that the the easy the temptation is like to make a criticism and say like oh they're going to lose this plot thread because they'll be spending so much time with this but like we really have no idea how much any given person's going to show up in it and so like I don't even want to I don't even think it's Right. I, I don't think it's worth lamenting the things we're going to lose because we really don't know how much screen time we're losing. You know. True. Um, yeah. And I, I think um, the one thing I I wouldn't agree fully on is that they necessarily had that concrete of a plan. I think just the combination of the success of Spider-Verse, um, Raimi coming on, like I think things have built up to a point that it allowed for a lot of these things to happen. But I wouldn't say that, you know, coming out of Far From Home, they're like, this is where we're going next in its entirety. I also with all don't the think it happens if they don't have that whole breakup between Marvel and Sony. I think right, that, that right. passion that that showed, I think that also probably gave Kevin Feige leverage to be like, hey, uh, mm -hmm. 
you know how you own these characters, the old Spider-Man characters? Uh, let's uh, run it back. Um, right, right, right. Also, yeah, yeah I, I think the thing too with Spider-Verse is just, I mean, especially the Spider-Verse, I feel like has even grown in popularity mm-hmm. in the years since. It's like, if, if Spider-Verse can be a Oscar-winning movie that millions and millions of people have seen and love, then right. like, you know. I've, yeah, yeah they, I think that yeah. all plays in for sure. Like, I, I think it's kind of similar in the same, like, in the way that, you know, um, when you watch, say, like, Infinity War, there isn't necessarily the, uh, like, the knowledge, prior knowledge that they have that Black Panther would have been as big as it was. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think it, it, they definitely upped it probably after the fact as a result of it which makes perfect sense mm-hmm. um but anyway so back like i think that would be just my one thing about that and also in terms of all the returning characters and fun easter eggs uh they got to figure out a way to get bruce campbell in it oh yeah bruce campbell, that they need to figure out a way i want bruce campbell to play every single non-named character in it if there's a cab driver bruce campbell like i feel like he's gonna show up in uh, strange. I just imagine like Raimi's oh, got to like got try to do that, but like he's got to show up in Spider Man as well. Oh my God, yeah. Just honestly, you know, it'd be a really funny, great meta thing. He might have to be the waiter at like montage. Mary Jane and uh, Peter's if, date. If there, I mean, yes, <laughs> but if there was like a montage of like when they're going through the universes and you see a montage where it goes like universe, 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 and it's just Bruce Campbell in different situations. Oh, like, it's reacting to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is Bruce Campbell later. I mean, right, I just, follow right. oh, shout out to Bruce Campbell. I don't know if you guys have ever played the Spider-Man video game where he does the, he does the tutorial where it's yeah. like, yeah, you want, oh, I, 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 I'm, yeah. I, I'm, the I remember ones, like, yeah. sandwich and he's like, all right, while you swing around, uh, I'm going to eat this sandwich. Ugh, too much mustard. And it's, <laughs> I, Bruce Campbell is just the best. I love it. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I, I think if we're going to all this trouble and like he would not be hard at all to place in at any point, you got to get Bruce in. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It's it, it's gonna be fire, man. Um, it's just gonna just the idea, the build up to all these things that are happening. Um, in the Marvel universe are really cool. I just wanted to say very very quickly that um I am pleasantly surprised at the Hawkeye casting. Um, there are some. Good big names, good actors. Um, it might be more not fun. Timothy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to the the MC University chat, uh, Tony Dalton. Uh, people know him for as Lalo Salamanca on Better Call Saul. Really one of the really one of the great characters um, in 2020. In the past couple of years, just has become. A tour de force so it's gonna be nice to see him in this um yeah Haley stanfield confirmed we're seeing the set photos that's gonna be really fun too um jeremy renner in that in that full uh role as a teacher and and a Haley stanfield the student kate bishop I, it's definitely I think we're gonna be pleasantly that's surprised fine. that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be yeah, we're gonna be pleasantly oh, surprised by by this show. It looks like they're definitely going into the mythos. Wait, what was that? I missed that, Jake. Hear me, because you I you I, you said it like three times. I'm like, it's definitely Steinfeld, but that's fine. <laughs> Stein, oh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like yeah, he's no, it's Lakeith Stanfield's sister. Is, um, uh, no, it's <laughs> or a Marvel Stanfield sister, but yeah, that's right. That's oh. the whole two Americas thing. Um. <laughs> my bad. Wait, how is that? Uh, and how how is that not both your America, <laughs> Marlo Stanfield, Lakeith Stanfield? They're both the same America. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm excited to see everything that's that's going to be uh, taking place um in the Marvel universe, and we'll when we and not only that, but the Mandalorian too. We got two episodes left. It's going to be really fun. And so before we go, uh, one Jake Christie. Where can we follow you, my friend? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jay Christie. Uh, listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monk, and where me and Andre Barrera talk about the show Monk. We're actually getting gearing up this. Uh, the next episode's coming out on Tuesday. It's exciting because it's uh, Mr. The episode calls Mr. Monk Gets Drunk, and so we're gonna get loaded and then record the episode. So it's good. It might be a problem. It might oh. only be. It only might only be a four minute long episode because even though we will record for two hours, we have to cut out everything else we say. Uh, There's a positive, strong possibility. We actually had to delay recording because we were supposed to. We were supposed to release it this Friday, but it's like we both were like we can't get blasted on weeknight, so we're doing it. On, we're, we're recording on Friday. So there you yeah. go. 
Yeah, yeah. Check check them out there. And Jerome Chang, where can we follow you, my friend? <laughs> you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Nice, nice. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. Um, for Jay Christie, for Jerome Che, I am Anthony Canton the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.